0: Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth podcast. The I Hurt Myself Today edition as the Bengals blow an 11-point fourth-quarter lead and fall to the struggling New York Jets 34-31. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays from the loss, post-game comments from players and coaches, and analysis from my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. Then, in this week's Fun Facts segment, you'll get to know a member of this year's rookie class who has made an immediate impact, defensive lineman Cam Sample. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Ultimate Bengals, the free-to-play, next-level fantasy football game. Download it now from the App Store and Google Play. And here's a quick reminder... That you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since minimal traffic. Spending 24 hours in the New York City area is a reminder that traffic jams suck. I lived in Boston for five years where my ride to work was 48 minutes on a good day and two hours on a bad one. So yeah, occasionally traffic on 71 and 75 can be a bit slow, but trust me, we have it great in Cincinnati. Now, let's get to Sunday's less-than-great performance in the Big Apple. With rookie quarterback Zach Wilson out with a knee injury, Mike White made his first NFL start for the Jets. Facing one of the NFL's stingiest defenses through seven weeks, the former Western Kentucky star, went 7-for-7 on New York's opening drive as the Jets took an early lead. He's in the shotgun. He catches the ball. It's a toss sweep to the left. Michael Carter has a hole. Knifing into the end zone. Touchdown, New York Jets. The first time in seven games the Jets have scored in the first quarter. White actually completed his first 11 passes, but his streak ended on the Jets' second drive. First and ten at the Bengals, 45. White passes, and it is intercepted on the Bates sprinting down the sideline, cuts back at the 18, and gets tackled inside the five. They'll mark him down at the one. Wow. It was first and goal inside the one. But a run by Joe Mixon lost a yard. Another run by Joe lost an additional yard. A third down pass was dropped in the end zone by Jamar Chase. And the Bengals decided to try for that touchdown one more time. So rather than taking the easy field goal, the Bengals line up to go for it on fourth down and goal from the three. The crowd going bananas here in New Jersey. Burrow extends the hands, catches the shotgun snap. He's back to throw. He's in trouble. And he gets
1: sacked wow.
0: back at the 15-yard line. An absolute disaster for Cincinnati after the interception by Jesse Bates.
1: Neisman got the sack, and that, that's just uh, the New York Jets. You can't play any better goal line defense than that. It's first and goal at the one.
0: On that series, the Jets physically dominated up front. Joe Mixon says blame it on locker room leaders like himself.
2: We got to have our team you know, ready to go. And um,
0: today, we just wasn't ready. We came out flat. Um, They wanted it more, and that's just what it was. Still, it looked like the Bengals would overcome their early game doldrums. Second down and four. The Jets at their own 21. White with a seven-step drop. He throws it short, and it it is intercepted. it, It was off the fingertips of Carter, the running back. Right into the midst of a Bengals linebacker, and Jermaine Pratt picks it off. The Bengals will start from the Jets 15. This time, the Bengals cashed in. Burrow in the shotgun, Mixon to his right, second and goal, inches away. Burrow hands it off, Mixon runs it in. There you go. Touchdown, Bengals as Joe started right, cut it back toward the middle, and lunged forward for the Bengals' score. That tied the game at seven, and after stopping the Jets on their next two drives, the Bengals took the lead late in the half. Burrow fakes a handoff to Mixon, looking for an open target, scrambling left, throws for Chase, he's got it, touchdown! Bengals as Burrow bought time and fired a strike to the forward left pylon, hauled in by Jamar Chase, for his seventh touchdown
1: catch in eight games. That's right, and that's just being physical. That made
0: it 14-7 Bengals. And on the Jets' next possession, Von Bell forced and recovered a fumble for Cincinnati's third takeaway of the first half. With the ball near midfield, the Bengals tried a Halloween trick. And the result... Was a treat. Burrow catches a chest-high snap, throws it backward for Boyd. He wants to pass, Nixon. throws it across the field to Mixon. Three blockers in front, oh, Joe down the sideline to the 30, 25, go, 20, 15, oh. 10, and upended inside the 10-yard line. Oh man! That 46-yard pass made it first and goal at the seven. But three incompletions by Burrow forced the Bengals to settle for a field goal and a 17-7 lead. There were less than two minutes to go in the half. The Jets hadn't scored on their previous five drives. Mike White promptly carved the Bengals' defense up. Mike White in an empty backfield. Catches the shotgun snap. He will float it toward the end zone. No, Caught by Berrios. Touchdown, New York Jets. Wow. That was right on the sideline, and Berrios... According to the nearest official, got two feet down for the score. That made it 17-14 as White passed for 217 yards in the first half. Here's Sam Hubbard.
3: Yeah, it was a lot of uh, you know screens, misdirections, check downs, and uh, forcing us to come up and get get to a rally tackle. Um, you know, you know it's it's really just about us. You know, we got to make the plays to get off the field. Uh, their game plan was good, but um, you know there's no excuse for our. Uh, mental errors and uh, every single one of us on the defense. I'm speaking defensively, could have made a play or had a mistake that cost us, including myself. So that's all, that's all on us.
0: In the third quarter, the Jets tied the game on a field goal by Matt Amendola, and Joe Burrow went to work. A 54-yard pass to T. Higgins was the key play on a 75-yard drive for the lead. Burrow back to throw. Swings it in the flat. Caught by Mixon. Touchdown. Bengals as he ran through a tackle at the two and carried it into the end zone for the (laughs) score. Cincinnati took a seven-point lead to the fourth quarter. The Jets kicked another field goal to make it 24-20 and Burrow answered again. With another 75-yard drive, put the Bengals in the driver's seat. Two receivers left, one right. Boyd goes in motion. He'll line up to the right. Burrow drops back to throw from the pocket. Pump fake, scrambles right, keeps his eyes downfield, throws it to the end zone, touchdown! Tyler Boyd (laughs) near the sideline. Burrow buying time, and he delivers the 10-yard TD. That made it 31-20 with seven and a half minutes to go against the league's lowest scoring team and its backup quarterback. The next eight plays were all short passes, and the Bengals couldn't stop any of them. Mike White is ready. Catches the shotgun snap, back to throw again. Short pass, caught by Ty Johnson. Logan Wilson fails to tackle him. He tight ropes the sideline, and apparently stepped out of bounds at the two. (laughs) After review, the runner did not step out of bounds. It is a touchdown. The Jets went for two and failed. It was 31-26 Bengals with four and a half minutes to go. Here's Zach Taylor.
4: You know, that's where we needed a big stop. Um, And they went down and scored the six points They missed the two-point version, but they went down and scored, and and really a stop right there would have done it for us. And um, there was a lot of missed tackles on that drive, a lot of missed tackles.
0: In spite of everything, the Bengals were still up by five with the ball in Burrow's hands. But even Joey Franchise is human. Burrow under center on first and 10 fakes a toss to the oh, right his no! pass deflected no! and intercepted burrow's pass was batted up in the air and shaq lawson picks it off at the cincinnati 14 yard line
1: oh man that's about the third or fourth uh, deflection and uh <laughs> what you don't want to have happen is that
0: the bengals defense needed to hold the jets to a field goal try two receivers left three right White catches the shotgun snap, cocks the arm, looking left, throws into the oh, end zone. No. Caught by Tyler Croft for a touchdown to give the Jets the lead with 3.45 to go.
1: Wide open, broken coverage. Akeem Davis-Gay, trying to react back, but way too late.
0: The Jets added a two-point conversion by running the Philly special as wide receiver Jamison Crowder threw the ball back to the quarterback, White, to make it 34-31. to Mike White finished 37 for 45, that's 82% and passed for 405 yards. That's the second most yards in history by an NFL quarterback in his first start. Cam Newton holds the record with 422. According to ESPN stats and information, not one of White's 37 completions traveled 20 yards in the air. Here's Joe Burrow. played really well
2: and I told him that after the game. you know, Congrats to him for a start playing that way against our defense, who's been really, really good you know, all, all season. So
0: you know, congrats to him. You know, it's exciting for him and his family. The Bengals still had a chance. They were down by three with 3.45 to go. If they could get to roughly the Jets' 40, Evan McPherson would be within field goal range. But after driving to the 50, the Bengals had to punt and never got the ball back. They stopped the Jets on 3rd and 11 with 1.53 to go and all of their timeouts left. But Mike Hilton was called for a questionable helmet-to-helmet hit that allowed the Jets to run out the clock. Here's Jesse Bates on the penalty. We were told not to speak on that, um, but I mean, you, you'll see that play. You'll turn on any game in this whole world. And you'll see that same exact play in cover two happens at least 10 times a game. The final score, New York 34, Cincinnati 31. The players and coaches said all the right things during the week about respecting the Jets and avoiding a letdown but still allowed it to happen. Here's Sam Hubbard.
3: I mean you can talk about all you want Um, you know until it happens uh, you know it's doesn't seem real like still doesn't seem real but um, you know it's it happened no matter what you say it's all about what you do so uh, that's that's the reality of the situation.
0: After the game, Tyler Boyd, Jesse Bates, and Joe Mixon did something highly unusual. They walked into the press room together. You know, we take full responsibility for how we play. You know, I just felt like, like Joe was saying,
4: like the message um, didn't correlate to what we wanted to go out there and do. You know, but um, I don't, I'm not worrying. I know these guys are not worrying either. We know what type of a team we are. You know, we're not, uh, I, personally, I think we came out flat, but I think we turned up after the first quarter offensively you know but um again they they, they they played a great game but at the end of the day we know we're a better team I think we came up here together
2: because uh, these are guys that's been here uh, we've been through the, the bad part of this you know organization um, and we know that we got the right guys in here to do the right thing so uh, hopefully the coaches can just continue to believe in us as players um, and as players
3: put it out there on the field so Uh, We're excited. Like I said, we're going to go into next week to do what we want to do. We got to win our division, Um, and that's going three and zero in the division going into a bye weekend will be huge.
2: So, like I said, these are my brothers. Um, We gave up 34 points. I'm sure they a little pissed off about that, as they should. Um, But like I said, we got to get better. We together, and uh, I got his back. He got my back. Same with everybody. And um, at the end of the day, as as captains, we got to step up. We got to step up um, as leaders, and we got to make sure the team following. It's a, we got a, a, a huge game right in front of us uh, coming up and I'm sure they, they just came off of a loss and they to want us just as bad as we want them. So um, to be honest, like I said, we together we know what to expect next week. We know we got to play better, we got to be better and um, we, we will make it happen and we got to bounce back and we're gonna do it with a vengeance.
0: The Jets outgained the Bengals 511 to 318 and won the time of possession battle by nearly 13 minutes. After the game, Dave Lapham spent a few minutes with Zach Taylor.
1: That was a tough one, man. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a hard one to take. I mean, particularly the way at the end of the football game, I mean, and I know it shouldn't have come down to that, put it in the officials' hands, but, man, when it was put in his hands, that's a tough call to make on Mike Hilton.
4: Uh, I'm, Mike played it pretty well, um, but we shouldn't be putting ourselves in that position for that call to matter. You know, on offense, we left 11 points on the field, and that should have been enough to put this game wide open defensively, our tackling wasn't good enough. Um, special teams, we gave up a return before the half to put them in a position to go score. And so we, we just didn't play well enough to win on the road.
1: Yeah, you you mentioned uh, just a few right there. This is one of those games where you can go back and you can find you know a myriad of things that you can say, boy, we shouldn't have let it come down to this because of that and, and how all of that, uh, all of that works. Three takeaways in the first half. I mean, they come in bunches, and they came in a pretty good bunch there in the first half for you.
4: Yeah, you get three turnovers in the first half, you should put a lot of points on the board. You know, So to be on the inch yard line and come away with nothing on that, that first turnover that they got um, on Jesse's pick, and then um, you know, we had another red zone third down where we should have scored a touchdown, and we didn't you know, until we had to kick a field goal, and that was a four-point player right there. So um, we, we should have capitalized on those turnovers and, and tried to put them away quickly, and we didn't.
1: The running game, or lack thereof, obviously was a huge factor in the football game. It, was, it wasn't really much that you could lean on in that running game, was there?
4: Yeah, you know, they do a good job. Their interior defensive line is pretty good. We just never got in a great rhythm. That first quarter, we kind of got out of there with two normal down calls on in the first quarter. And so, um, you know, the, the second, third quarter, we, we had some decent runs in there mixed in. We we felt good about some of the stuff in the past game. Um, we just need to score more points. Our defense has bailed us out plenty of times, and we need more than 31 points today.
1: Yeah, that, I guess that what people are going to be like, well, oh, what's what's up with that? I mean, Mike White is his first NFL start. He throws for over 400 yards. They get over 500 yards as a as a football team. But you saw, I mean, Carter, that, that dude, I mean, that dude finished runs angry, boy. He was, he was a finisher running the football. But like you said, the tackling mechanics were less something to be desired.
4: Yeah, they played well in space. I thought our guys were oftentimes in good position. Um, again, I'm, I was happy that they made those turnovers. We've been preaching that all week. We needed a big turnover game. They got us three of them. Offense should have given more, um, and defense has got to do a better job tackling there in the second half.
1: So schematically, did they do anything differently than you anticipated? I mean, I know the linebacker position got revamped on heartbeat. I mean, you know, 57 comes back. That's a that's a different deal when he's out there on the football field. Uh, he, he's a pretty good football player, as we know from watching him in Baltimore.
4: Their guys played hard. You know they, they are earned this one today. Give the credit to them. We didn't do enough to get the victory, and, and we got to be able to put this one behind us pretty quickly and refocus on Cleveland.
1: Yeah, that's that's I guess the thing is the bounce back opportunity with the Cleveland Browns. You you two and zero in the division. You get Cleveland at home, and uh, can can make a you know a, a big statement in terms of division uh, scenario with the three and zero mark halfway through it. How 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 tough will it be for this football team? I mean you know them better than anybody, and uh, you've talked about how you know the the intangibles are so high with this football team in terms of mentality and caring for each other and all those kind of things. Bounce back quickly, do you think?
4: Yeah, that, that's what you're counting on. You know, with the guys leading the charge um, on a loss like this, to be able to quickly refocus and get focused on a, a new divisional opponent that we haven't played yet this year. I'm confident that our guys will.
1: Appreciate it, Coach. Okay, thanks, Dave. Browns lost at home to
0: the Steelers on Sunday, 15-10, to so Cleveland will come to Paul Brown Stadium next Sunday with a 4-4 and record. Baker Mayfield is playing with an injured left shoulder that will eventually require surgery. But if anything will make it feel better, it's the prospect of facing Cincinnati. In six starts against the Bengals, Mayfield is five and one with seventeen touchdown passes and a passer rating of one eleven point four. Now, time for postgame analysis with Lap. All right, Lap, you know what's going to be said after this game. Coast to coast, the Bengals were sniffing the fumes of success they didn't want it enough whatever expression you want to use how fair are those criticisms today
1: they're going to be fair you know because they had an opportunity right there waiting for them and they decided to push you know push away from the table they were in the uh in the table of feast or or famine and they decided to push away and go famine for a week it was unfortunate i just keep going back to the and it doesn't come down to one play but I just keep going back to the mike hilton hit call offsetting he lowered his head hilton lowered his they both lowered their head it can be called on a running back who lowers his head to target on the perimeter as well if you're going to make a game-changing call like that don't make it game changing one way you know if you thought you saw something that looked a little iffy call it offsetting call it both ways and let the players decide the game but they shouldn't have been in that position. They shouldn't have put in that, that's themselves in that position anyway. But with that said, the officials, you know, you don't. as an official, if I were an official, I would not want to be the guy that basically, in a lot of people's opinion, determined the outcome of the game. So, and I think there was a way around it by calling off setting penalties. As I look back on it.
0: I thought it was a bad call. No ifs, ands, or buts, but it sounds like whining when you're on the, sure. on the wrong side of a call sure. like that. I thought the Jets, for lack of a better term, were the more violent team. They were physical up front. Their running back ran angry. I just thought in every way they were the team that just had that edge more in this game.
1: I agree, Dan, you know, and, and I give credit to the, the entire Jets organization, their head coach, all the, all the, co- the coordinators, all the assistants. The Jets played like the game was more important to them than the five and two, number one seed in the AFC Cincinnati Bengals. And how can that be? How can that be? So I agree with you. They came out and after being embarrassed by the Patriots, their professional pride was wounded. And sometimes a wounded animal is the most dangerous animal there is. And they were, I mean, they were, they wanted to make restitution and they played harder I thought they, they uh, you know, they, they set the tempo. They were the, their more physical football team, particularly at the line of scrimmage. At both sides of the line of scrimmage, we talked about that a bunch during the course of the game. And, I mean, you're first and goal on the inch line, and you're going backwards? Come on, man. You know, it just – the, the tone was set on that goal line stand. I mean, that, that's when they go down and score, and then the interception puts them with their backs against the wall, and they said – we're fine. I mean, that that that's at the t- at that point you know or you should know you have a fight on your hands and uh, and I, you know I got the Bengals righted themselves and took double-digit leads more than once in the game. Gotta give the Jets credit though; they came back and won the football game. And that's uh, nature of beast in the National Football League. I know I said it a bunch during the broadcast, but I got to say it again. I cannot believe they had three takeaways in the first half and scored 14 points because the takeaways were short field. I mean, camping can't be any shorter field than inside the one yard line. And then they're inside the, the 20 again in the red zone on a, on a takeaway. I, you know, to, to throw away short field, field position opportunities like that, are going to come back to bite you, and it bit them squarely on the cheeks.
0: So Mike White in his first start passed for 405 yards. The Jets had 512 as a team. They came in averaging about 275. Nobody saw that coming against the Bengals defense that's really been great in the first seven weeks. What was the biggest problem? Was it tackling after the short passes? What stood out to you the most from a bad standpoint on defense?
1: I think it was that. I think it was tackling. And again, that, that's want to. You know, they they wanted to break tackles more than we wanted to tackle it looked like. I'll tell you what, Carter, I mean, that guy, man, (laughs) he's a little dynamo. Um, 5'8 over 200 pounds. I mean, if he's 6 feet tall, he's 220. he's He's a physical guy. He's short. But sometimes that can be to your advantage. And, man, in space, they were the much better football team in space the whole day. No question about it. And I give White credit for hitting guys in stride though. I mean, he realized what he's got in Carter and never made him turn for the ball, stop for the ball. He just Sometimes those those passes you talk to a lot of quarterbacks. Those those swing passes, you know, you, you have to you have to put them in just the right spot. And he did time after time after time. It really was incredible and talking to guys in the locker room after the game, I mean, it wasn't anything that surprised them. He did it the week before. He checked it down 17 times. They knew what they were looking at, but These guys were great, not just good, they were great after the catch. Run after catch was phenomenal.
0: If you had told me before the game that the Bengals would score 31 points, I would have predicted they would win by at least two touchdowns. I'm still a little shocked that 31 was not enough to get it done against this team.
1: I agree, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. And uh, you know, it's, it's mind blowing really a team that hadn't given up 25 all year long, gives up 34 to a team that was averaging 13 points a game. And like you said, 270 plus yards and they get 500. I mean, they they doubled down or tripled down on things. So it's just like, like as the old saying goes, you just, you never know, You, you, you stay around long enough, you're gonna see things in the National Football League you didn't think you'd see And that's why it's such an exciting sport. It's the number one sport in the country because of a lot of it is because of the uncertainty of it. It really is. And I feel uh, my heart was breaking in the locker room for these guys because, you know, they put themselves in a really good position, beating Baltimore like they did, and they just gave it all back by throwing it away to the Jets. Now it's going to be the burdens on them to do what the Jets did. The Jets got embarrassed by a division. Rival, and they came back and put it on the Bengals. The Bengals get embarrassed by a one-in-five football team, and now they get a uh, now they get a uh, opportunity to go three-and-zero in the division. At the halfway point, you know, of, of uh, six division games, they could be undefeated, and that's what they have to focus on now. And that's what guys were talking about putting this aside and, and getting on to that. But I found you got you got to let you have to suffer by this for a little bit, at least tonight you have to you have to miss some sleep tonight and hopefully a lot of guys will because they should i know i would I, I wouldn't i wouldn't even be able to close my eyes tonight be, my eyeballs would be two movie projectors just looking at everything man and thinking through things and these kind of games they're tough on you they are tough
0: First place was fun while it lasted. The Bengals fall a half game behind Baltimore. The Ravens are idle since the Steelers won in Cleveland. The Browns, shockingly, are in last place in the division. They're coming to Paul Brown Stadium next week, and look out for the resurgent Steelers giving up for dead early this year. Just like that,
1: they're a game over 500 and breathing down the Bengals next. When you got a defense like that and a quarterback that's got the track record that that quarterback has, that's that's a, that's two pretty good ingredients for a pretty good recipe. And um, yeah, you can never count them out. All I can say is anybody in the division is alive. Nobody's worse than 500. It's going to be a dogfight to the end, down the stretch. And teams are going to be knocking each other off, left and right. I mean, it's going to be going to be like the old AFC North days where guys beat each other up and be a physical division. I know one thing. This... Cleveland Brown's offensive line no joke. The Jets' offensive line took care of business. If they think that's the best they're going to see, they're going to see a better one next week. Those guys do not mess around. And if you think that – and I don't want to diminish, you know, what Carter did, he's great. They got two of the best running backs in the league. If they're back. If they're back. Yep. They get two of the best in the league. And I think for the division game they probably will be. Would not shock me, and they have the best tandem of edge rushers in the league. They got a lot of components. You know, they might be, they might be four and four, but they're a good football team. And the Bengals are gonna. The Bengals already realized they're a good football team, and that's just life in the National Football League. The
0: Bengals are an early two and a half point favorite for Sunday's game against Cleveland. The Bengals Booth podcast is presented by Ultimate Bengals, the free-to-play fantasy football game. Ultimate Bengals will be awarding a weekly winner during the course of the season with tickets, autographed merchandise, and money-can't-buy experiences all up for grabs. Find Ultimate Bengals in the app stores now. Now time for this week's fun fact segment where you get to know the person under the pads. Time for some fun facts with defensive lineman Cam Sample from Snellville, Georgia, not too far from Atlanta. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up. Was it city, suburbs, country, and, and what were some of the things you were into when you were a kid?
2: Yeah, definitely. i um, will probably say it's right, that fine line between city and suburb. You know, downtown is probably 15, 20 minutes away, but it's not, you know, in the heart of Atlanta. So, I mean, it's different. Um, some of the stuff I'm into, I mean, I was really either playing ball or hanging out with friends. So, you know, real laid back, just like to have
0: fun. Right after the draft, you said something that I thought was great. You were speaking to reporters, and you said about your parents, this is just as much their accomplishment as mine. Can you articulate what they did to help you get here?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, hats off to them. Um, my parents got divorced when I was two. And, you know, growing up, I've seen a lot of situations where that gets really ugly for the kid in the relationship. But, I mean, again, hats off to them. They um, really came together made it work for me. were there with me every step of the way. So, I mean, they raised me up,
0: brought me this far. So I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's all of our accomplishment for sure. We're doing fun facts with Cam Sample. You attended Shiloh High School, the alma mater of former Bengal David Pollock. But despite earning all-region honors, you were not recruited by the powerhouse schools in the South. Was that a big disappointment at the time?
2: Um, I mean, yeah, definitely. Growing up, you know, you – um. Watching college football, you know, you see the big-time programs. You know, that's every kid's dream to get recruited by one of those. But um, my high school coach at the time said, you know, it just controls you can control. So I went out there, played my butt off. Um, to have the offers I took, you know, I felt like Tulane was my best
0: opportunity. So I just put my head down and went right back to work once I got there. So as you mentioned, you wound up going to Tulane, one of the most prestigious academic institutions in the country, and you majored in finance. What was the hardest course you took at Tulane? Man,
2: about everyone when you get in the business world. It's a really hard school. I mean, um, you know, they, it, it definitely tests you. Um, you know, you have all, everything going on with football. They have a, you know, a rigorous academic program like that. It definitely kept you on your toes a bunch of long nights. But, I mean, shout out to the academic staff there. Cause, you know, they helped me get through it.
0: So, New Orleans is one of my favorite places to visit with the nightlife and the French Quarter and the music and the food. As a Tulane student, do you get to enjoy that stuff? man that, that that's part of the selling process with Tulane
2: man you know the city I mean it's a it's a culture unlike none other I say if you haven't been there you got to go out there the food's different their culture's different Mardi Gras second line and all that I mean it's definitely a, a full experience uh,
0: going to Tulane for four years so you were apparently 235 pounds when you got there and you're about 275 pounds now was it an easy transformation for you or did you have to eat even when you weren't hungry Um, yeah, you know, I didn't even really try
2: to gain weight. It just naturally happened. I mean, I guess, um, with the weight program there, how much food they're giving us and then just the food in New Orleans period. I mean, I mean, it's kind of hard not to gain weight there. So I mean, I just grew into it and I mean, I just accepted, uh, you know, me changing positions once the weight came. After
0: your senior year at Tulane, you got invited to the senior bowl and you knocked it out of the park. You were named the defensive MVP. How much did that week change your life? That week probably
2: did more for me than I can probably even realize right now. I mean, um, just because the big knock on me coming out was I mean, he did, he had a great career at Tulane, a great senior year, but can he do it against uh power five opponents all week? So, I mean, that senior ball really took that opportunity to show everybody what I could do. And like you said, I had a great week and it just, you know, projected me very well coming into the draft. The Bengals were obviously impressed. They selected you in the fourth round. Describe your draft experience. The draft experience was great. Um, I was at home in Atlanta, um, had a couple of close friends, some family members there, you know, just sitting around waiting for the call. And then, you know, when it finally came and vibrated, I mean, everything just kind of went slow for me, like, man, this is it. So uh, I answered the phone. Uh, it's Coach Taylor on there saying, you know what, Cam, you ready to be a banger? I said, man, let's get it. Let's go. So, I mean, it's, it's really even hard to put into words the emotions, but I mean, it was a great experience.
0: By the way, do you have a preference between Cameron and Cam? Cam. Cam for sure. All right. Let's do some wild card categories with Cam Sample. Who is your all time favorite athlete in any sport? Ooh. I'll give it to Floyd.
2: I just like, you know, he uh I like the way he markets himself. Um he hell of a boxer, defensive fighter, and all that. Um he's just it's always entertaining watching Floyd, whether it's an interview or in the ring, so I'll probably have to say Floyd. Do you like boxing, MMA, all types of fighting? Yeah, yeah, I like boxing. Uh, I actually try to tune in when I can. Um, I'm not as caught up on everybody, but especially the top dogs, I definitely try to watch their fights. All right. Do you have any hidden talents? Ooh, I don't know if it's hidden. I talk so much trash, but I think I'm the best at video games on the team. I tell anybody they want they want them problems, they can come see me about it. So I mean, I'm just I'm good at video game. Now, Mixon says he's unbeatable in uh, Madden. Has there been a matchup? I've heard is unbeaten. I haven't played Madden as much this year, but once I start playing, I'll definitely go see him uh, in that undefeated streak. What are your games of choice? Um, Call of Duty, 2K, and then Madden probably last. All right, so if you're great at video games, what are you terrible at? Ooh. Singing, I cannot sing. But I'll, if my song comes on, I'll, I'll sing my heart out, but it's not it's not the best. I'll give it my best shot, though.
0: Even in the shower?
2: Even in, oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that turns into American Idol in there. Got to sing. <laughs> All right, what do you like to splurge on? What do you spend your money on? Ooh, um, I'm a shoe guy. I like shoes. So, I mean, if I if I see a pair of shoes I like, I mean, I, I'm going to try to, uh, my financial advisor might kill me, but I'm going to try to uh, make it work so I can go get them.
0: Do you wear them, or do you just display them?
2: Uh, both. Um, you know, definitely. I definitely get them to wear them. I'm just not going to leave it. Um, some, you know, you can't wear as much as other ones when they're
0: th- those special ones, but I-, I like to wear my shoes. Is there anybody in the NFL that you are particularly excited to meet? Mm.
2: I, w- I wouldn't say meet. I mean, I'm just excited. Um, you know, growing up, watching all these guys who have great careers and just you naturally know, play against them, you know, like the – Tom Brady's, you know, Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's always just exciting to be able to play against other good football players. Did you know anything about
0: Cincinnati or the Bengals before you got here?
2: Nothing too heavy. Um, Chad Johnson's a very loud, uh, you know, proud uh, former member of the Bengals. So, you know, he always brought some attention here. But, I mean, as I got here, you know I'm learning as I go for sure.
0: All right. This is a tough one. This is deep. Uh If you could meet anybody in history, athlete, actor, statesman religious figure whoever it might be who would that person be I'll probably have to say Martin Luther King just because uh he was
2: a great leader and um you know he wasn't really going with the flow of things you know he was going against the grain and facing a lot of adversity so just to see his thought process going through that you know, when
0: things aren't looking good I just love to see where his head was at during that time it's an excellent choice and a great way to uh, wrap up our fun facts I appreciate your time best of luck the rest of the year for sure you. no problem thanks for having me who they Here's an invitation to join Lap and me on location for the Bengals game plan show this Wednesday night from 6 to 8. We'll be at the Wishbone Tavern on Del High Pike with lots of giveaways during the commercial breaks. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth podcast brought to you by Ultimate Bengals, the free-to-play next-level fantasy football game. Download it now from the App Store and Google Play.